Hello people, welcome to the When in Yorkshire podcast. This is episode 53 and the first episode recorded in 2022. So due to to the uh, ongoing COVID pandemic, all the planned recordings that we had for January have been cancelled either due to gigs not going ahead um, or requiring to keep touring parties closed to outside visitors so that the tour can keep going. Um, And both of those reasons make complete sense and, and have my full support. My guest for episode 53 is Joe Cabrera of Leeds-based band Beauty School, who have recently signed to Slam Dunk Records and have a really exciting year planned with some amazing shows already booked. Um, And those include Headline Show at the Key Club in Leeds on the 9th of April, opening the rock scene stage at this year's Slam Dunk Festival, uh, and also some support dates in March, which Joe announces in this conversation. It was it was great hearing about Joe's journey in music, thinking a lot about the bands that influenced him and experiences had. So, I mean, a lot of those were kind of similar to, to my musical upbringing, so it was awesome to have this conversation with him. If you're not aware of Beauty School, firstly, you're in for an absolute treat, especially if you're a fan of, um, as their press release accurately describes them, um, emo-infused alternative rock. But I'm going to add that if you're a fan of hook-laden, catchy, well-crafted music, you're going to love it too. Um, I've been listening to four tracks from their upcoming album, uh, including current single Take It Slow and upcoming single Pawn Shop Jewels, both of which have been stuck in my head for days in the best way possible. Um, Take It Slow has also been added to the WIY podcast playlist on Spotify and I will do the same with Pawn Shop Jewels once that's been released too. Um, Before this conversation starts, I just want to point out that background ambience um, and delicious coffee were provided by Kapow Coffee um, on the calls in Leeds. Strongly recommend going there. Um, I believe Joe states that he, uh, he recommends it as well. The coffee was absolutely awesome. I think that's plenty from me. Um, thank you very much for, for coming back to us. Um, it's been some time since we managed to release an episode. There's a few more coming up, which is brilliant. Um, but for now, this is episode 53 with Joe Cabrera of Beauty School. I'm here with Joe Cabrera from uh, Beauty School. And we're in a glorious little coffee shop that we've just found in Leeds. Yeah, it's um, nice. It's lovely. Yeah. How are you doing, man? I'm good actually. I'm I'm really good now. I'm drinking this coffee because I, I, we just got you know one of the little pod machines. Ah yeah 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 like an espresso thing. Yeah, and I, I thought it was like really nice, but now I'm drinking real coffee again. I'm like, <laughs> I can tell the clear difference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when like when lockdown started and it was you know work from home. Yeah. Um, me and my partner we bought a like a a, a mini version of one of these proper espresso the machines. Real deal. And now it costs me an absolute fortune in coffee. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's delicious and it's well worth it. Yeah. So let's chat some beauty school stuff. I, when we were on our way and setting up, um, I know we spoke about your kind of your history in, uh, in, in Coles Landing. But I'd like to go a bit further back, if that's okay. So right, yeah. with everyone, I like to ask, <clears throat> what's your earliest, earliest memory of music? And I'm. I generally say like car music. Okay, I don't have a car music memory. My earliest, earliest memory of music is my mum playing Wham. 
Okay. Constantly in in our old kitchen when I was growing up. Because so, my family isn't a musical family so, right. in terms of like you know playing or anything mm-hmm. like that. So I didn't have it was it wasn't until I was like nine years old and I had this school teacher in year five who um, he was a drummer and he was big on like the Beatles and we mm. did a we, we did, I don't know if it was like the whole year or part of the year I mean we're going back sometimes when I was <laughs> nine but he, we did like a whole term just on the Beatles just yeah. learning about the Beatles and that was my first like sort of introduction to bands and guitar music before that I didn't really yeah, know yeah. it existed okay. that, so that's kind of like my first like solid musical memory and what was your what was your opinion and has your opinion of the Beatles changed since then um, well I'd be lying if I said I listened to the Beatles as much as I did back <laughs> then <laughs> but I was yeah I was mesmerised by it like it was just a whole like opening of a door moment for me I didn't I didn't know that this was a thing I didn't it never I mean at nine years old you don't really yeah, contemplate yeah. much but I'd never really thought about how music was made or anything like that and suddenly I was like playing on drum kits and holding yeah, guitars yeah. and listening to like bands and talking about how they created them I remember talking about the track Twist and Shout by the Beatles and uh, the the teacher was telling me that John Lennon had a sore throat on the day that he he tracked oh, it, he wow. recorded it, and I just that's that stuck with me. I don't know why, but yeah. yeah, just from then I was just like, it became just a lifelong obsession with with music generally. Yeah. So that opened up not not just listening to music, but the instrumental side and the creativity side of of music. Yeah, because it was before, like you know, no disrespect to Wham or anything like that, but they were they're very. Um, Manufactured tracks, right? And yeah. when you when you when you're young and you listen to it, there's no there's no distinguish like path between how it was conceived and how it was created and yeah. how it came to be. I see that. Yeah. But then, like when you hear the Beatles and stuff, and it sounds a bit raw, more raw. And I remember just after that, I got into um, what's the story, Morning Glory by Oasis, okay. and you can kind of hear how the songs are created right, yeah, you can yeah, hear massive. like them sat there playing the guitars and things and that was mm. like okay I can do this potentially yeah yeah and did did the Beatles influence lead you to Oasis I'd like to say yeah but what actually happened is when I I remember having this like okay music exists I don't know if it was a moment or if it went on for a while but I went through the CD rack in my parents' bedroom, and that was on there because I think that album was probably in every on every CD oh, yeah, rack in the country. It, yeah. And I picked out that one, and I picked out uh, the Bat Out of Hell album uh, oh. by Meatloaf. Bloody hell, big day! And uh, those two <laughs> albums, I just spanned those records for like weeks and weeks and yeah. weeks. I didn't have money; I couldn't buy anything. Uh-huh. So it'd be like those two, and then like a Spice Girls album or something. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's a mix. There's a, there's a, a hell of a mix. All, I mean, I guess 
Oasis were a bit theatrical in their own way, but certainly Meatloaf and the Spice Girls. There's a, there's a big <laughs> there's a big sort of performance element there, and yeah. you can argue that uh, the Gallagher brothers were became a bit caricature of themselves. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, big performance on that front. Well, I think it was all legit, and I think that is them being authentic. But they were. It was a big performance. I mean, they'd have to be, especially Liam. He'd have to be up for some sort of Oscar if he was still putting it on. <laughs> yeah. Because true. he's still going, isn't he? Yeah. Like. It's consistent, yeah. if nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, you you said that the, the Beatles kind of led you to like, looking at drum kits, guitars, and yeah. things like that. So what? Which one did you? What kind of took your create? Got your creative juices flowing? Well, originally I wanted to be a drummer just because I was um, inspired by my year five teacher. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, he was a drummer. And was he? What sort of stuff was he? Did he play? It was for like you? mod rock. Oh, nice. Um, okay. But I didn't know it at the time because I didn't know. Yeah, it was just music. Know, it, was just, it was just music. He just he <laughs> gave us a cassette, and and I'm showing my age, but yeah, like yeah, we, we're going back. What was that? It's like we're going back to like 1999 when I was yeah. in in year five. Five. So um, yeah, that was it. Was like mesmerizing to me that he was on this music that I was listening to. Yeah. So I wanted to be a drummer at first, but then I realised I was terrible at it. And <laughs> my parents wouldn't allow me to have a drum kit in the house. So then I moved to guitar. And then I was pretty terrible at that as well. <laughs> and I still play the guitar. Like, I play, I, I, I play the guitar to... Like, I use it as kind of the vessel to write my yeah. songs. But I don't know when exactly it was, but it was pretty quickly... Um, that I started writing lyrics and singing, and mm-hmm. um, and that was it. It just that was my that was my thing. Then I, I, did, I don't think I knew it for many years. Like yeah. I wanted to be a guitarist because that was cooler. But yeah, yeah, there's an image for yeah, that. Yeah, it was yeah. probably like not till I was like eighteen years old that I was like, actually, I'm not getting any better on the guitar. <laughs> I'm just going to sing that. That never, that <laughs> never stopped me. <laughs> I picked guitarist. I was like, I'm sticking with it. Yeah. You're not getting better. Shut up. <laughs> so, so that was it. Like, I think writing lyrics and the and writing melodies and singing them is always something that that was always the thing that I was going to do because mm. that that's just what I've got in here for um, and what I enjoy doing. Um. But I'm just trying to think. Yeah, there was there was a point for there was a point for a long time where I was convinced that I was going to be a guitarist, mm. and then I think I'm not sure if I was like 11 or 12 years old. But that but my my classmate's older brother introduced us to Blink 182. Okay, and then it was like, oh you don't have to play the guitar very well. <laughs> and I think... Dude, I was it like Dude Ranch and stuff <laughs> yeah, like it was, that? Yeah, it was, it was Dude Ranch. Cheshire Cat. Yeah, and it was like four quarters. Now I could play four quarters. Yeah. So, so that's kind of why I stuck guitar. But also, I learned from that that you don't have to sing very well either. So. <laughs> Passion. Yeah. So you can't. You can never, never put Blink One Eighty Two down for their fa- for their passion and their, the energy. Yeah. I mean, they were huge, huge. Like, I wouldn't say influence in terms of the music that we were. I mean, I, I guess they were because I think they probably influenced every emo pop punk band in mm. some way. But 
they absolutely pioneered certainly that whole pop punk yeah, sound did, into yeah. the mainstream. But just certainly that that era of music, like um, in the pop punk scene, Blink One Eight Two, Green Day, um, mm. I think Yellow Card were just coming around. Okay, Those yeah. bands kind of were, they, they were huge for me in terms of like just yeah. thinking I can do this, we can create music yeah. like this. So what? Do you remember your first kind of live experience of music? Like that I played or that I went to see? Went to see. Yeah, I can. So I'd convinced my mum in, I think I was in year eight, Mm -hmm. and I'd convinced my mum to take me to see um, Corn. Oh, wow. Okay. Because That's a hell of a first gig. Yeah, so I'd never, I'd never been to a gig before, ever. Yeah. And Korn had just released the um, Untouchables record. Okay. And like I was, I was, I was into all my pop punk stuff, but at the time, in like two thousand one to two thousand three, mm-hmm. and I still love it now, to be honest. But that new metal yeah, yeah. movement it was huge. Was huge, and it just swept across like everybody in my high school. That that. You know, listen to anything alternative. It was like if you weren't listening to Corn, if you weren't listening to Slipknot and Limp Bizkit, then you weren't cool. <laughs> so, so that was. I became quite obsessed with Corn, and they released that album. Went to go see it at all, and I remember distinctly my mum buying a black leather jacket so she didn't feel out of place <laughs> taking me. That's to commitment. That's not just give, not just yeah, taking you and, and giving you the lift. So, well, she didn't want to because I mean. Year eight. I'm 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 an August kid, so I was always right. the youngest in my year. So I think even in year eight, I was still only eleven years old. Mm. I think, um, or maybe I would just turned twelve, which is quite young still yeah, yeah. to be to be going to um, shows. So she, yeah, she came with me. And where was it? It was at the um, Manchester Arena. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And I and that was also so it was my not only was it my first gig, it was my first time walking out into an arena you know like seeing yeah. that like I don't know if you remember the first time you did it but yeah. walking out into arena an, an arena to watch a live music performance is like the first time it happens it's just mind blowing yeah well my first my first arena show um, my my first arena show was Rodian for ACDC oh, really? at, at the MEM it was the Manchester Evening News wow. yeah my, my uncle used to teach um, used to teach Malcolm Young's son so one day at parents' evening, it was like, yeah, yeah, your kid's fine. You're really rich. Doesn't really make a difference. Also, <laughs> um, also, my nephew is doing music technology. Would uh, would like to come? And yeah, basically, I then got a phone call saying, "That's not a bad go speak to this person." Gig, that, is it like about, uh, like first job yeah. on the road? So I was, I was 17 and went is that and still did on your CV. No? <laughs> <laughs> when I did a when I did a day setting up, just I was basically just like. Hello, what can I do? <laughs> and yeah, had, a, had an amazing, but yeah, what just watching the whole stage being built, yeah. like literally walking into an empty arena at four o'clock in the morning, watching the whole stage being built, watching it, watching the show, yeah, tuning up guitars and stuff, and then watching it being packed down, just literally saw, yeah, I think it was like 19 hour day, yeah. just, yeah, amazing. But yeah, it's it's quite a feat, isn't it? When you yeah, once it it's all there and the, this kind of spectacle of it, that's that's an experience in itself before the music starts. Yeah, for sure. And I think as well, 
I was kind of under the impression. I don't. Th- I don't know if I was under the impression, or it was just an assumption that I'd made myself. But I thought I was quite. We were quite niche and unique to be liking porn <laughs> yeah. and Limp Bizkit and Slipknot. Never did I realise how huge they were until yeah. I stepped out in twenty thousand people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, wait a minute. I thought I was alternative. Like, what's alternative? Yeah. Like, everybody's here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There is a there is a bit of a cliche there, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, in terms of you, then, I mean that that wouldn't strike me as an event that I'd go to and go, yes, I can do that because that's that look that feels a bit. A bit out of my reach if I, if that was my first experience. Yeah. Was there? Can you remember so what what kind of sparked you to think? Yes, I can I can do this. I can be part of creating live music and, and perform live. Like I said, like I said, I think it was the introduction to like pop punk music. Um, yeah. Because you know there was no when I went to go see Corn, for example, there was no part of me that thought I could ever be. Yeah, yeah. because those bands, and still today, like I don't know if I realised it back then, but one of my biggest like things that I love in music is like unique things that are unique and things a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And like Corn were, they were like funk metal band. Yeah. (laughs) So funk rap metal. That was just purely from a fan perspective. But then listening to pop punk, it was like so simple to create and. It was, you know, they they almost had this stereotypical, um, like, persona of these guys that just would come together and create songs in their garage. Like that was the that was the thing. It was like we make tunes anywhere yeah. with whatever equipment we've got. We'll play anywhere. Doesn't matter how many people. Mm-hmm. And that was like a, almost like a, a youth culture that that you know you skateboard you play pop punk music doesn't matter how <laughs> crappy the music is it's just yeah. like do it just do just, it it's just like just do it and you almost didn't even go to the gigs because you loved the music you went to the gigs because you just loved being there and loved that atmosphere and things mm. so it was like by the time I was like 14 years old <clears throat> I was playing in a band I say a band you know but we were like setting up in my garden or setting up at yeah. a friend's house or you know we don't know how we managed to swing it but we managed to book a function room at a pub one time and that was like our first gig and so it was just it was just the simplicity of of the early pop punk days you know Blink-182 Green Day those sorts of bands that were just like if they can do it I can do it the songs I'm writing they're basically just the same chords as those (laughs) bands you know like they're they're no different I mean they were they were were miles off but you know you didn't think but the idea is the same isn't it yeah Yeah. so in terms of your how many bands do you reckon you've been in before you've before you've got to beauty school Um. What like actual bands? Bands or that have played a gig. Bands that have played a gig. I think not too many, to be fair. So I was in was one. Um, two, three, four. I think five. Just five. 
Uh, but one of them, so when I say gig, I'm talking about like a gig that was booked at a place. So yeah. Like some, some, I was in bands where we said we were a band and we'd play an acoustic gig in the garden mm-hmm. or something like that. Like, and I've been in bands even since Calls Landing where we just never got off the ground. Yeah. Um, so I've been in, I don't know, probably ten bands or something in total. But my first, like what I would consider my first real band, um, we were called Goodbye For Now, Super Emo. <laughs> Love and, it. Uh, um, we were, we were together from for like it, well it felt like an eternity but it was only actually four years so we 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 were playing gigs from our first gig was in 2006 in February and our last gig was in like 2010 right um, but four years at that age like I think it was like 16 to 20 years yeah, old yeah. like was a long Absolutely. time and we did some like crazy things that I look back on and think they're kind of more normalized now but when I was when I was that age like we played we played with Silverstein and Fightstar and wow. and we we just we were like even just playing the cockpit was like yeah. my lifelong dream absolutely and we played the cockpit on our fourth like our fourth ever show was the cockpit I mean it was hot and it wasn't yeah, yeah, sure Still, it's but, still being on that stage. Though, in the stage that I imagine you you went to yeah, as a kid growing it, up, and just, you know you saw your heroes. Exactly. There. So that was that. Yeah, that was the first band that I was in, and and we were in it so long because we we were certain that this was the band that was going to do mm. something. But that emo sort of screamo movement kind of died out, yeah. and we were just became irrelevant and we were getting older <laughs> so <clears throat> yeah that was that was the first band and then I went immediately from that into Calls Landing because that's when I went to uni um, in 2011 yeah and I mean just I know we've, we'll come to it shortly with the, the some of the stuff that you've already done with Beauty School but it, you know Calls Landing achieved some some great shows you know Heavy Festival yeah we had Leeds some Reading. we had some good stuff yeah I think I mean, Cause Landing was sort of the one that got away, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah. We, we, like, I'd gone to university to study music. Mm-hmm. And, you know, other than that, I worked in a petrol station three days a week. And it was like, so it was like music all day, every day. Yeah. This is the one that we're going to do, a re- have a real good go at. We did th- three years, um, whilst we were at uni and then continued it on afterwards and you know each year there was like a progression we were getting better and we were doing better things and then we did an album and then it just kind of it just it it was just the age old thing of like life got in the way of the band it was like you know we'd done it for so long and you know members of the band were like I don't know if I want to do this anymore I don't mm-hmm. know because we were playing a lot of shows we were doing quite a bit of touring at the time we just put an album out and things I guess were kind of getting a little bit real yeah it was like do we throw it all into the band even though we're not going to make any money and you know I was like 25 years old at this point or, or do we go get jobs and yeah. 
you know, how do we pay the rent sort of thing. So that was that was Cold Landing, but we did some really cool shows like Reading and Leeds Festival was the highlight for me. Yeah. Like, the pit, was it the pit stage? Yeah, we opened the pit stage. Um, That's amazing. <laughs> so it's like Newfound Glory headlined it, and you know, like Newfound Glory, it's like they 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 were they were just like the the kings of pop punk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and, and, and they continue to be. Yeah, they, yeah, they're continuing at the moment, and I guess when yeah when stuff like that happens, and you know, kind of been through that as well. Of yeah, you, you get jobs to I guess facilitate other stuff outside of the band but then that takes over and makes you have to make that decision of you know yeah do you you kind of how do you give more time to the band whilst also being able to live Um, and I think it's not just it's not even just the living it's like when you get to 25 years old you become acutely aware of like your standing in just like like the structure of of life in yeah. the economy. It's like so. I, I met I met my wife in two thousand and we, we we got together in two in no. I was oh, careful here. <laughs> when was it? So yeah, yeah, it was October. It was like twenty end of twenty fourteen, beginning of yeah. twenty fifteen, right? So twenty fifteen was when the Cole's Landing album came out, and I remember this having this conversation with her, and it was like it wasn't. Now she's super supportive of yeah. everything that I do musically. Obviously, I'm still doing music now, yeah. so it wasn't like a warning or anything. It was a genuine thing because she just she was living in Cyprus and she just moved to England, and um, we were living in this like this bedroom in Hyde Park. Yeah, and it was like like if you if 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 I continue to pursue the band and just work two days a week delivery driving. And like, how are we actually going to afford to be together? How are we mm. actually going to afford to get our own place? And you know, we didn't want it because I lived with the band, the rest yeah. of the band. So it was like five dudes in this one house, and then my my girlfriend. Yeah. And it was just, you know, it, it was it was just things like that that kind of make you think, like, how long can I try and sell the dream? to myself no. and when do I need to be like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do something and get myself in a more grounded position financially and stuff yeah it's a tough it's a tough time that having that like like you say having that conversation with yourself almost yeah yeah, yeah. exactly so so how did beauty school come about then so from from what we've just said there <laughs> yeah so so we 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 called it a day with calls landed in in 2016 in kind of unfavorable circumstances it was like i mean we were all still friends we always yeah. have been like um but it, the, the drummer who is the drummer in beauty school charlie mm-hmm. um you know he'd put a lot of years and a lot of effort into the stuff that we were doing musically but he's you know I guess the same as everybody there was other part of his life life parts of his life that he wanted to yeah. explore um you know be that like relationship or like he's quite into his fashion and his marketing and things like that and I think he was going through a similar thing that I was going through mm. in terms of like I've got all these other things that I want to do in my life the band's not making me any money 
and it was just we, so we so we disbanded in 2016 we did one like random show in 2017 just just because and then that was it we were like I think we were pretty much ready to sit, call it a day with music generally in terms of like being yeah. in a band and then I think like 2018 passed um, and me and Dan the guitarist from Beauty School we were kind of exchanging back and forth like song ideas yeah just without a real purpose and just we, stuff that you just ideas yeah, and, you know, just, just to share the create keep be, just keep being of, creative think, yeah when you when you sometimes when you think you want you're done with something what you actually just needed was a rest or a break mm. um, and I've, I'm not trying to sound like you know I've like yeah, been some no. touring musician like or anything but it was just like we, we, after a year of not doing music and not writing music when you've done something your whole life that you can remember mm. it's kind of like like you can't just put a pin in it you can't just switch yeah. it off so me and Dan started like messing about with some song ideas and we started practicing and we were going to start a little like band but nothing that was serious or anything like that just for the sake of being just able to continue kind creating of, yeah just being creative mm. um, and uh, Dan and our bass player Lee Lee was Lee, Lee also plays drums he wanted to get involved so he started playing drums in this little thing we were doing I was playing bass not a bassist <laughs> no idea why I was doing it just something yeah you needed someone um, and uh, we got a friend called Don who's this exceptional songwriter like unbelievably good songwriter but he just doesn't and I can't I, just, I scratch my head over it every day why he's not like doing something with his music mm. I mean he does little bits and, and stuff but you know he's an amazing singer-songwriter. Um, so we started a little band and we started playing some shows, but then that ne- not sorry we wanted to play some shows, but it never actually came to anything, and we never really, you know, I kind of lost interest in playing the bass. I wanted to sing, yeah, I wanted yeah. to write songs. So then we we kind of that died out, and then me and Dan were like, okay, shall we just get Calls Landing back together? and try Cause Landing again because yeah. the time had passed and everyone was like itching to play music again so everyone was in the kind of same boat of yeah, it's but, been a while I haven't played I want to be playing and but also we'd kind of established the things that we wanted to set out so you know by like by 2019 which is when we started beauty school I was just about to qualify as a teacher mm-hmm. um, you know Dan had a good job Charlie had been travelling. He'd been to. He'd lived in Paris for a bit and done some cool stuff out there. And he got himself a steady job here. Um, Jordan, the guitarist in Beauty School, when we were in Cause Landing, he worked at B and M Bargains and slept on our sofa. And now he's like, and, and, and you know, he was working at, at Awesome Merch full time. And he's got so so everybody was kind of in this more stable position. Yeah. It's like we'd we'd done what we set out needed to do so it's like why don't we do music again mm-hmm. even if it's just like the jobs come first the life comes first but let's make music together just because we enjoy making music yeah. together so we did so we we took Lee um, 
who who the drummer from the band we were trying to start up, and he played bass because the original Call Sign bassist lives in Boston now. All <laughs> right, okay. So he it's a hell of a commute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so Lee came. Those guys were into it, and we just got in a practice room and started writing a couple songs, and and that's that was where Beauty School started, and it was never meant to be anything serious. Right. It was just meant to be. A, a channel of creativity yeah, for us. Just an outlet. Just an outlet, that was it. And then it's like the whole, you know, not to be corny, but the whole like adage of when you don't, when you're not trying to do something, it, it just kind of comes along, yeah. it just kind of happens. And that's what, that's what happened for us. We, we wanted to just play some shows and then we got, we got plummeted into lockdown mm. and we had nothing to do but write music. So we wrote, the album and wow yeah <laughs> so had you played a show at all before you wrote the album yeah we played we played f- I think four gigs before okay. we before we before lockdown because the album as well that was we didn't we didn't say okay we're in lockdown we've got nothing to do let's write an album yeah. it was like because I don't know if you remember, well, I'm sure you do remember lockdown, but it was yeah. we were always. It was never like, okay, we're in lockdown now. We're going to be here for a year and a half. It was yeah, always like, just, by the summer we'll be back yeah, to yeah. normal. By the twelve weeks, we'll be back to normal. Twelve yeah, weeks, we'll be fine. Yeah. All this, so we were always kind of like, okay, so we've got another eight weeks inside. Let's just keep writing. Some, yeah, yeah. Let's keep writing more and more and more. And it went from we were going to do a four track EP that turned into a seven track EP <laughs> and that turned into an album <laughs> well you know from what you've said loads of this it's all just happened kind of feels like or sounds like it's all just happened organically so there was no kind of no big grand plan it was just kind of create for the sake of creating uh, no plan of you know well we want to we want to do these shows we want to go on tour here we want to do this we want to you know put out an album it was just well let's just write some songs and that's with no pressure it, yeah um i mean at a certain point it did become okay we're going to do an album now like, yeah and, and yeah once you've got i guess once you've got that, a collection of songs yeah. but it wasn't like a right within a set out to write 15 songs yeah now. because we didn't we didn't have any direction and we weren't mm-hmm. there wasn't anything specifically we were looking for in terms of you know we weren't looking to get signed and mm. we weren't looking to go on big tours or anything like that so there was no direction it was just this organic process of just let's create I love that until that's, we're done that's, that's <laughs> awesome that's awesome and so how you've got like like we said when I was setting up starting to doing some some more research <laughs> I went back to the very beginning of your, you know beginning of time um, as is documented, and what I mean by that is the start of your Facebook timeline. That is how um, that is how the history is now documented yeah, yeah. officially. Um, and there was a, a few songs on there which I was very excited to listen to, which don't exist. So I had a very sad few moments there. Uh, but hopefully, some of those will be on the album. I hope. Um. Yeah, we don't have to give away any titles, no, no, yeah, but yeah, 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 hopefully yeah, so, some of those will be on the on the so, album. Well, we we actually had six songs out, yeah, and four of those have been re-recorded for the album. Cool. Because the thing the thing was once we decided we were doing an album, so once we'd got once we'd written seven tracks, mm-hmm. then we were like, okay, we, we might as well do an album. Let's write a few more. We wrote like 
maybe three or four more songs to complete the album. And that was like, that cool, that's going to be our album, and that those first set of songs are a completely separate mm-hmm. entity. And then when Slam Dunk became interested yeah. in signing us, it was like, okay, well, if we take these 11, 12 tracks that we've written for the album, it's like, are, you know, are all of these as good as the older tracks? You know, okay. So it was like, we started substituting tracks out and being yeah, like, yeah. actually, that's a better song, let's put that on the record. Nice, it was a nice editing process, I guess, for, yeah. for an album. Yeah. So... So yeah, I was. I could see that there was a bit of history before Slam Dunk, yeah. and then how did how did that come about then? So we, I'm very close with JD who works mm-hmm. at Slam Dunk. Um, he's like the lead music coordinator for Slam Dunk. He's yeah. basically, you know, he's he's Ben Ray's sidekick. He's the next yes. guy down from Ben Ray. Ben Ray's the director of Slam Dunk, and JD's like. Me and him are best friends, basically. And um, he's obviously got a lot of contacts in the music industry. Mm -hmm. And he's always been a big supporter of any band that we've been in. And so we asked him to sort of, I say manage the band, but it was kind of like on a, just... You Give know, us some guidance. Yeah, guide. You know, it's more like a like a sensei of the music industry <laughs> style thing. You know, it that like... should be his new title. <laughs> yeah. JD, music sensei. sensei. So that was kind of so. So JD was on board with us, and he would, you know, if we needed anything like an email sending that needed to look mm-hmm. quite like professional or whatever yeah, yeah. that might give us a better stand-in for a show we were trying to get or anything then JD would do it for us as a favour Yeah, and that was kind of the original position and then somewhere in the process of the lockdown going on whilst we were off writing music JD had come up with the idea that they, that they, that they wanted to relaunch Slam Dunk Records mm. Yeah, so I, I've got, a, and this might be wrong because I haven't researched this, but I've got a memory. You, weren't you me at six on Slam Dunk, or did they? Yeah, they had so some form of take link. off your colours. I think it's called the first yeah, you yeah. me at six record. That was on Slam Dunk. Records. Okay, it was. Okay, yeah. I, that, this so was just a, a memory ben, from. Yeah, so Ben Ray, he was like he discovered you me at six. Okay. he was the guy who so I remember them being in Leeds a lot in yeah. the early days and I know that they still have very close ties yeah, to yeah, Sam Dunk and but yeah okay that good I'm glad I didn't make that up no 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 you didn't <laughs> so I think yeah they, and they did um, do you remember Decade yeah, as well? yeah, yeah. Um, some stuff with Decade but then it kind of Sam Dunk Festival was taking off and I think mm. they just kind of closed the doors on that one and then in the lockdown, I'm not sure if it was because of the lockdown. I mean, you'd have to ask Ben or JD, but like, I don't know if they didn't have anything else to do. But it was yeah. Like, let's launch. Other than let's keep, relaunch. Keep working through the logistical the nightmare of, uh, of postponing and yeah, exactly. reorganizing the festival. So it was like, do we relaunch? And so, so they were in the process of, of relaunching. Mm. And um, JD was keen to. to get Ben to put out one like a single for us as kind of oh, okay. kind of a favour I guess like you know mm. and um, so I, I can't remember exactly how it came about but um, JD pitched uh, pitched this idea of doing a single I think, yeah actually I remember so 
there was another band that had signed that have actually disbanded now. They're called For, For You The Moon. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And For You The Moon were the first signing to Slam Dunk Records. Yeah. They so they were at Slam Dunk this year. Yeah, they were, right. but they, they've split up, like, just recently. Oh, no. Um, so For You The Moon needed a Leeds show. Right. And we were... When we were under the impression that the doors were going to open in summer 2021 mm. um, to everyone to go back to gigs, we were like, our plan was like, as soon as everything's back open, we want to play a show. Yeah. And, you know, JD knows that we can sell quite a few tickets in Leeds mm -hmm. and stuff. So JD pitched to Ben, okay, this would be a good show for For You and the Moon to be on because there'll be a lot of people there. Yeah, good exposure and yeah, good, good crowds. Yeah. So why don't we do it as like a Slam Dunk Records presents and we'll do it as a single launch show for Beauty School. And okay. we'll do we'll do one single with them. Yeah. And that was it. It was like a favour. We were mm -hmm. they were just gonna do one single. So um Ben agreed to it and we were like elated. We were like oh, our first single, first single from the album we're gonna yeah. You know, self-release is going to go out on Slam Dunk Records, and we were like, "This is crazy! This is crazy stuff." So, um, Ben and the label had asked to hear album demos, um, so that they could pick which single they yeah. thought was best. Because obviously, you know, even though it was kind of a favour, there's still a monetary value in putting it out. You know, they would still have. Right, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> some of the things. yeah. So, so they, they're not losing out. They, yeah. You know. So they wanted yeah. to. They wanted to choose the single. So we didn't have demos. We had a few. So we, and we we have a producer called Grant, who's this great, great guy, really good producer, really quick, and and he, we we demoed demoed stuff with him in the past. He did all the first six tracks that were previously up. Okay. So we call Grant and we're like, we need to record an album. We've got three days to do it. Oh my god! Like, can we get in and demo everything, all all twelve tracks? And he hooked us up, man. I can't even like. It was where just was crazy. that? Where's his studio? His studio's called Evoke Studios. I can never remember where it is, uh, but um, he's called Grant Clayton. So okay, I'll put links. He, I'll find him. Yeah, yeah. Find him on the internet. Uh, I'll send you it if, okay. I, if I find <laughs> it. But yeah, he um, and and so we went and in one day we. We tracked this whole thing basically. Wow! All these demos. And, Good work. Uh, I mean, from him and and you guys. That's that's, so that's impressive. Because I mean, you know, the, some of the songs were just barely written. You know, so he was like, "Okay, well, let's put this harmony in here. Let's do this." And you know, so he was massive help, massive, massive help. So then we send these we send these uh, demos off, really rough sounding demos mm -hmm. off to to Slam Dunk Records, and then it was kind of like the waiting game. We don't hear anything for like a week, and then. I was sat outside my work, um, and and JD rings me, and he's like, "Are, are you driving?" <laughs> I'm like, no. I was like, "No." I was literally sat like eating a Greg's in my in my car. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> "Nice." He's like, "As all good stories start." <laughs> yeah. He's like, "So they're going to do the single?" I was like, "Oh, great, fantastic." But Ben wants to sign you on for the full record. Like he loves the album. Like well, they want to sign you on an album deal. And pff, yeah, I'm just like my mind just exploded. That was it's like that was a conversation or that I thought I'd never have. Yeah, you know, and that kind of 
always wanted but accepted that it was never it just mm. wasn't something that was going to happen to me and us and then yeah it, it it that was it that was the that was the start of it that was the start of assigning Sonic Records and everything since then has just been kind of crazy because yeah yeah it's all I mean take take the I know you can't but take the global pandemic out of the <laughs> equation it's still an insane thing to and to go through it kind of I guess how how was that been because I guess you want to kind of get the ball rolling as quick as possible and I imagine there's been a few kind of halts yeah it's frustrating uh, it's probably mainly frustrating for JD who's now actually our manager so he's yes like, he's, yeah. you know like he's actually fully on board officially now, so, so every like real complaint or like frustration goes to him and because he's my friend I fully take liberties about when I message him and things like that you know it'd be like 10 o'clock at night did you send this email like have you heard back from this agent all this sort of stuff like, like he's like message me about stuff in work hours man <laughs> um, so it has been frustrating because you know we're, we're in this position where it's like someone's lit a fire work like under our backsides and we're like ready to just yeah. just give everything we've got to it and get the album out and everything but you know even without the pandemic these processes take a long time especially the way that album cycles work now um it's like so so it's it's kind of there's a lot of waiting and there's a lot of because you're a new band there's so much like us being pitched and shipped out to places Mm -hmm. and hoping that somebody bites you know like like an agent will say, yeah, we'll yeah. put you on this tour, or you know, a booking agent will say, yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll put this band on my, my roster or festivals. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like, it's like you're constantly playing the waiting game, and all the while we can't go out and play shows. Or, I mean, we're just starting to be able to do that. Yeah. Now. Oh, the the uh, your your sort of, I guess, comeback show, I guess, in a way, which sounds odd to say for, <laughs> for a band that's sort of so so young. Um, that's been delayed, unfortunately. It's, yeah, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be great. I think when when you eventually get to play it at the Key Club, I think that's. I think it's going to go off. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. So you, you've got you've got a single out at the moment. You've got another one coming out. Pawn Shop Jewels is due to come out on the third of February. Is that right? Or is that, have yeah. I got dates so wrong? Yeah, third of February. Cool. And Pete, just disclaimer. Pawn shop jewels. That's P A W. Yeah, <laughs> like pawn shops. Yeah, because we, we've literally had it. You know where like press or something have like got back to us and written the word pawn. Excellent. <laughs> Ex- I mean, I don't know. In fact, the the and producer even... who recorded the record actually originally in the tracks. Called what, pawn what would that even? I don't don't answer it. Do I, I don't know what that would be. No, I wouldn't like pawn to. Shop. I know what a push. Yeah, all right, but still, yeah. <laughs> um, so two things on both singles, um, which people will be able to hear. Have you got? Have you got a live bez for both of those? Because there's a distinct use of maracas or shakers, um, which I'm very excited about. I think it's it's, we, it's underused. We, um, we've not actually, you know, but like. We, I am available. Well, <laughs> if you want to come and, and, and do the maracas and the shakers, you absolutely can. Like Charlie, the drummer, we 
he was very adamant that they needed to be on the mm. record. And he's right. And he is absolutely right. I had no idea what they added to a track. Mm. But now when I hear other people's yeah. tracks, I can't stop hearing the shakers. Yeah. And I even... So I'm really into a band called Pine Grove at the moment. Okay. I'm not not aware, and, but I'll check that out. Oh, amazing band. They're like emo with a mix of country and western. And it's <laughs> really... It sounds strange, but it's brilliant. Uh, okay. Anyway... Um, and now when I'm like watching their videos and I can see that the shaker's missing, yeah. I'm like fuming about yeah. it. So, you know, maybe maybe we do need to employ a, a, yeah. a touring I've session even, shaker. I've, <laughs> listen, I've listened to, I think I've listened to Pawn Shop Jewels a lot and there's the majority of it, I think Charlie could do it, but then there are a few snare rolls where he would have to put that down and say, I think you do need a second person for, for an additional person for that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he's 100% right. They fill out that sound massively. Yeah, they do. And I think, especially with Pawn Shop Jewels, um, it's a real groovy track. Mm. Like the, the drums in the verse are almost like, they're almost like handsome <laughs> level <laughs> of like, yeah. um, so that shaker, like the, yeah. the addition of it, like it's it's great. But Absolutely. He, I mean, that's why he's the drummer. He's he knows he stuff. knows that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's awesome. I was I was going to ask was it was that was that uh, come from a producer or was that from, no, from the it was band? Charlie, yeah, yeah he's, spot on. Um, I think Shakers is the new cowbell. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> keep that keep that going. Um, so yeah, we've got single coming out, video coming out to match that. Yep. So we shot the video last week uh, as quick turnaround mm. I've literally just before we started the podcast that we were I, I was chatting to uh, like I was sending revisions on the on the <laughs> to, to JD for, for, for the um, you know for the final version which because we were supposed to have the final version by Friday so it could go out to press and stuff mm-hmm. but we were like at, we didn't there were still things that we wanted to change okay. so that's coming up Monday so it's just like it's just like consistently you know like things are coming in like thick and fast at the moment and nice. that, that so that we will get the final edit on Monday and the song comes out on Thursday yeah so, which is crazy nice like exciting months. times <laughs> yeah and then further live dates I've seen that you're on the uh, the rock scene stage at Slam Dunk um, that's a brilliant lineup. That Excited? Just, I mean, how could <laughs> if I said no? Yeah, I might liar. Well just pack music in, right? Like that stage is insane. Like mm. Motion City soundtrack, huge, huge influence on yeah on me personally in terms of like Justin's vocals and things and his lyric style and everything just mind blowing the Wonder Years were a huge huge like influence on Carl's Landing yeah. uh, story so far I mean what do you what, what do you say awesome about those guys? yeah and then obviously you've got Neck Deep at the top just it just feels it's it's kind of like it's cool to look at on a poster but when I actually think about the reality of it yeah, it's like imposter syndrome kicks <laughs> in like big time like am I going to be on that stage yeah. so yeah Slam Dunk Festival really excited for that it's always been a dream of mine to play something mm. festival. Now I've worked the festival for many yeah. years, um, and so it's going to be strange being on the other side of the fence, kind yeah. of thing, um, which is just amazing. And then we've got obviously got the headline show in 
in April, yeah. April 9th, which is rearranged. And then on Monday, we're announcing um, three dates in March on the Trash Boat uh, UK tour. Amazing, which, amazing. We were, were saying beforehand, absolutely love that band. I think the di- new direction that they've... Well, not even a new direction, just where their creative direction has gone for this album is a complete curveball, um, but I've absolutely loved it. I so impressive live as well. Yeah, like, yeah I saw I, it I at saw, Slam Dunk. I saw it, I've seen them a few times, but saw them at, at the Download Pilot, mm. and that was like my first time back at yeah, something, yeah. you know, like a festival, and they were playing new stuff, and just his voice live mm. is unreal it's found, an, it's found a new element hasn't he yeah so yeah That's, that will, those will be great shows very excited for you for that yeah super excited they're, they're kind of smaller venues as well because mm. they're I think they're like 300 cap venues nice um, so you know whereas Trash Boat would probably ordinarily do like a thousand or something yeah so these should be some real like energetic god yeah 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 absolutely <laughs> yeah. The, there will be all sorts dripping yeah. <laughs> ceilings people it's just yeah, yeah exciting well it sounds like there's a lot lot happening and um, very excited to see what, what happens in the future beyond all of that um looking forward to the album um and the tracks that i've tried to listen to going back to the beginning of time yeah they've, um, they've gone unfortunately yeah so. well hopefully yes like i say hopefully some of those will be on the album i'll look forward to those um, and yeah, um, make my uh, Slam Dunk Festival debut on the Maracas. Awesome. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Wicked. Um, before we wrap up, anything else that you want to, to mention at all? Um, I think we've pretty much covered it. Just, you know, keep an eye out for Pawn Shop Jewels, which comes out on the 3rd of Feb. And just, yeah, just keep an eye on the tour dates and things. We've got other things in the works that can't speak about right yeah. now but you know this should be, it should be a really exciting year and then back end of the year look out for the album okay and buy it <laughs> awesome I'll put links to everything within this um, you are as we know on the social medias um, so yeah anybody can go check you out on the Facebooks and Instagram etc um, and I'll put links to all of those but thanks very much man no, uh, really fun. enjoyed Thank talking you. to you I appreciate um, it and yeah exciting year Looking forward to seeing what happens. Thanks for the coffee. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, buddy. Cheers, dude. There it is. Thanks very much to Joe for being my guest in episode 53. So, yeah, go check out Beauty School if you haven't already. Um, I I really hope you're going to go do that. Um, And even better, grab a ticket to one of their shows. Um, So, as we said, April the 9th for their headline show at the Key Club in Leeds or March 14th, 15th or 16th. Um, at various venues close to Yorkshire, um, supporting Trash Boat. And I'm sure that's going to be an awesome show. Um, then make sure you get to the Roxine stage early to see them open it at this year's Slam Dunk Festival um, in Leeds and Hatfield. And yeah, enjoy. I'm, I'm going to continue listening to them today. It's been an absolute joy to hear these tracks um, over the last week or so. Um, yeah, absolutely love them. Stuck in my head and I'm looking forward to the album very much. I think that's it from me. I'm going to leave you to the rest of your day. Thanks very much for listening, and good night.